This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelor, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hi, everyone. Today on the show, I have holistic nutritionist Kate Horseman joining me. Kate has been on the show before to share her story, and this time she's coming on as an expert who is going to talk to us about something that has been very popular right now in the world of health and wellness, which is the mind-gut relationship and gut health in general. Before we dive into this conversation with Kate, I want to let all of you know that you have to head over to the Raw Beauty Talks Instagram and Facebook pages tomorrow, where three of you will have the chance to win supplements from the Jameson Women's Health Collection. Three winners will receive seven products from their women's health line, plus a customized tote bag. You'll get their multivitamin woman the Women's Probiotic Complex, Advanced Hair, Skin, Nails, I take that every day, Gorgeous Hair, Collagen, Anti-Wrinkle Liquid, Iron and B12 Chewables, and the Menopause Relief. So make sure you check back onto our social pages tomorrow for your chance to win. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk about guts. Let's talk about it. So, I mean, I think that we, we've got to start here at the beginning because when we look at our body and our anatomy, our brain and our gut are in opposite directions. But everybody's talking right now about how research is starting to show that our brain and our gut are actually a lot more connected than we ever thought possible. Can you share a little bit about what researchers and scientists have found as of late? That's a great place to start because I think probably one of the most confusing processes is, well, how, how does how do these two parts of our bodies connect? And there's actually this incredible bundle of nerves called uh, the vagus nerve, and it attaches at the base of the brain or brainstem, and attaches to all our visceral organs, including our guts. And this provides a bit of the bi-directional highway of our gut to send information to our brain, but also for our brain to send information to our gut. It would probably be also helpful to mention that the brain-gut connection also is what we refer to perhaps as our microbiome. We might even consider that this is another organ system in and of itself, seeing as though we actually have more bacteria in our body than we do cells and that it weighs probably one to two kilograms um, if we were to weigh out all of that bacterial information that we have. Okay, that is wild that we have that much bacteria in us, more bacteria Mm -hmm. than our cells. And we call this group of bacteria that we have within us our microbiome. And does this just exist in our gut or is is bacteria all over our body and within us? That's a really good question. 
so a lot of it is in our gut, but it is everywhere. It's even on our skin surface. And I think we've talked about this before. We are even seeing, you know, skincare products that are joining forces with healthy bacteria to help support the the skin barrier. So it's really just a part of our of our existence. Perhaps we are more walking bacteria than we are uh, than we are cells, which is an interesting paradigm shift from prob- probably what we think. Okay, so we've got this vagus nerve which connects from our brain stem down into all of our organs with a lot of connection into the gut. How does the microbiome that we're talking about relate to this vagus nerve? So that bacterial life in our gut, hopefully it stays in a, in a beautiful balance. We know that a, a diverse microbiome is actually what supports um, overall health and well-being. But through uh, that bacteria, we actually have all these nerve endings where they act as receptors basically to the bacteria byproducts. And, and all of that information is delivered through those nerves, through that epith- epithelial wall of the gut. And that sends those messages to the brain. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So we've got this colony of bacteria, all different kinds of bacteria. And the byproduct is what is stimulating the nerve in some capacity, flowing up the nerve and then impacting the way that we think, the way that our brain is firing. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me more details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, remember, it's a two-way street. So what we think could also be impacting um, the microbiome in our gut on the way back, which I think is really fascinating, especially if we're um, considering things like depression, anxiety, mood. Um, but the byproducts really is that, you know, we create somewhere around 80% of our neurotransmitters in our gut. So there could be very many different byproducts that um, our bacteria basically release or that they produce that gives the information to that nerve to release that information. So things like our serotonin is made in our gut, GABA, dopamine. These are all the chemicals that really make us feel good. So you can see Mm. why it's so important. Are the bacteria in our gut feeding off of the food that we eat? They're essentially living off of that and then the byproduct is the bacteria poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially, absolutely. Um, and I think that's probably one of the best ways to look at it. It's like, okay, well, what can we what can we feed ourselves so that those substances that are released are in, in healthy proportions and health promoting qualities? So, food is absolutely one of the things that we can do to support our gut health, and it it probably, arguably, is number one. Though I would say number two is also mindfulness, because if we're dealing with stress in our environment on various different planes, we will know that that will also impact our microbiome. It could reduce it. Mm. And so it's it's just as important as the food, but certainly the food, specifically fiber-rich food, is the beautiful bacteria that could help us in making those, those uh, neurotransmitters and other chemicals to support our health. I want to dive into all of that. I'm going to back up for a second. So we understand now how our brain and our gut are connected. We understand that there is this microbiome of bacteria and that that can impact messages that are being sent up to our brain, but that also our brain and the thoughts that we're having can impact that microbiome and the health of that. So what does a healthy gut look like? I, I understand the connection now, but like, what are we aiming for in a healthy gut? I think there's some really practical 
ways that we could look at it. But I, I, I think it's most important to also um, remind ourselves that a healthy gut means uh, maintaining that health, right? So if we get to that optimum state and we can talk about that, it's about maintaining, right? We don't meditate for 30 days and say, oh, the rest of my life now I'm, re you know, gotten <laughs> to this mindful space state, I'm going to be anxiety free. So we have to right. always perhaps return to it. And I think that that's really valuable information. Ultimately, I think proper gut health means going to the bathroom regularly. That might be once a day for some people, maybe twice a day, that it's well formed. So it's not too hard to pass, but it's also not. And we're, we're going there, people. We're talking about poop. Yes. Um, yes. Or, or, or it's not, it's not loose. Those are some of the ways. And then the other ways that we also can know that our gut health is in a good place is that our immune system actually feels really strong, that perhaps we, we do get colds occasionally, but not all the time. Our immune system is directly linked to our microbiome. And so if we see that people are getting sick a little bit more, then we might want to explore what is going on in the gut. And so it's really like, um, I describe it as a tapestry. It's all parts of our health coming together. We might not recognize it just specifically as a gut symptom, like, like pooping or bloating or digesting, but it's really that overall maintenance uh, or overall health tapestry. One thing I'm seeing so often right now is this relationship between our mental health and our gut health. Can you talk at all about that relationship with depression and anxiety and how that ties together with our microbiome? You know, I think there's a lot of research going into this, this work and it's really promising. We're not sure yet necessarily if it's the thoughts that are thinking that are impacting the microbiome or if the microbiome is impacting the thoughts. But again, there's definitely some correlation. For some people, it might actually be that they they do not have certain strains of bacteria that may be beneficial to that mental health. And so potentially there's a possibility that hopefully one day down the road, someone that's struggling with anxiety, we might say, oh, let's see if you're missing this exact strain. How about we supplement with this type of probiotic that will give you that mm. exact strain that might support that overall sense of well-being? I love what you said in regards to the various things that could be impacting our microbiome. So you mentioned stress, some of the foods that we're eating in our diet. Is there anything in particular in regards to diet that people should be watching out for as, as we know that it's harmful to our microbiome or anything that they should be incorporating into their diet to support a healthy microbiome? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know that we're such big believers, you and I, of making sure that we're not living a restrictive life, that we, we can have our, our cake and eat it too in moderation. Yes. I think it's always helpful, though, to consider the amount of refined products that we're eating. So things that have, you know, a ton of ingredients, the ones that we don't know how to pronounce, those are ones that maybe would be beneficial to limit. Sugar definitely can be one of those things that plays a part in our microbiome. Now, we do know that obviously carbohydrates break down into sugar, but I'm talking about the refined sugar. So, so how can we mm. maybe look at that a little bit, especially if we're having that imbalance of bacteria? So those would be some of the big ones. I would also say alcohol would be something or other stimulants. Aside from that, what I think is probably just as important is, is what can we add in? So I mentioned the fiber is really a great way. Things with short chain fatty acids, which actually our stomach makes and short chain fatty acids are sometimes those things that 
can actually help heal the gut lining of the wall, which is really interesting for, for gut health. And we can receive short chain fatty acids in a number of things, including more fermented foods. So can we increase the amount of sauerkraut and kimchi and pickled things? Those all are going to help support that. Of course, all those raw veggies and fruits, those are absolutely going to benefit our microbiome. If somebody is listening to this and they're like, my microbiome is for sure out of whack, like mm -hmm. something is going on. What would you recommend? Are there tests that they can do to determine whether or not there's there's balance within your gut or is it all at this stage in the game? Like we don't know quite yet. Mm. So there is testing for sure. And I think a lot of those tests you can get through a naturopath. So that would be an opportunity to, to act, go get a, your poop tests done. And there's, there's varying forms depending on what, what kind of physician you go to. So that is one way for sure. I think using your intuition, if you know something is up, try tweaking it as long as, again, it's not something that requires medical attention. Um, get curious. Maybe it's time to try a probiotic. Maybe it's time to increase certain probiotic-rich foods, or maybe it's time to, to remove something from your diet. But I think really listening to, <laughs> to your gut is, is number one, <laughs> and hopefully let, let that guide you. I mean, there's so many puns there, but hopefully we all can listen to our gut a little bit more. Do you think on that note that our intuition could be impacted mm -hmm. by an unhealthy gut? And can you speak even at all to intuition and this relationship between intuition and our gut? Yeah, I actually, I love that you went there. I do, <laughs> I, I do think that we're able to impact potentially our intuition with this. I mean, when we think about all the things that get in the way of us being able to listen to ourselves, it would make sense too, that if our body is in a state of imbalance or, or disharmony, that it would be really hard to get an accurate listen. It's like having a whole bunch of sound in the background and you're not really able to uh, zone in on, on that one thing that's really important to hear. So I think that there is potential actually in being able to connect with our intuition more if our gut microbiome is in a healthy place. And I mean, I think the idea of listening to our gut more is really not only about the listening, but then the responding to. I've always said that intuition is, is, is a two-way street. Sometimes we just get used to the listening part, but it's also about the acting upon. And so, um, you know, maybe right now, if you're considering your gut health, it's like, oh, like, what is it that I need to listen to? What is the action I need to take? Maybe it might be going to the doctor or maybe it, it might be empowering yourself to make the choices that you're able to make, you know, on your own dime and in your own way. Yes. I always say our body is our least expensive and most powerful experimentation lab. So I always yeah. recommend, you know, talking to a professional if you think that something's really out of whack, but you can also try little things, as she mentioned, little tweaks to your diet, uh, trying something like a probiotic. I want to talk about on that note, specific tools that people can use that are safe, obviously, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to really support a healthy gut. I would say number one is actually chewing our food and that would go with mindful eating as well, but really chewing our food so that our gut doesn't have this burden of all of this work to do. So, you know, slowing down, chewing your food a little bit more. And then I would say, um, sorry, do you have a question? 
Well, I was just laughing and smiling as you said that, because this is something that I talk about with coaching clients all the time. And usually people are so unaware of how much they chew their food. And it's like a one, two swallow situation. Mm -hmm. I, I would love everyone who's listening right now, when you go to eat your next meal, tune into for a second, how much you chew your food and how much is just going down the hatch as basically like a full piece of food. Yeah. Because I believe experts say you need to ideally chew your food around 15 times per bite, which okay. seems like a lot, but that's what is required to really turn your food into that consistency where your body doesn't have to work so hard to break everything down and to extract the nutrients from the food. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think one of the quotes, I remember a teacher said this to me, it's about drinking your solids and eating your liquids. So making sure that you have that whole digestive process, like really taking your time to make sure that everything is, ha has all those enzymes sort of enveloped in our food, right? Because our body's mm -hmm. always trying to work for us, but we also have to help it out. You know, we can't just sort of swallow our food and expect our gut health to be you know, spot on. Perfect. So number one is chewing your food. Mm -hmm. um, number two would be breathing. I, I truly believe that bringing in some mindfulness, whether that's when you're eating or outside of eating, right? So just trying to find a way to support uh, your stress levels and breathing is just one of the best ways to do that. If you're not sure how you would activate mindfulness, we have a number of podcast episodes on this. Kate, do you have one kind of tool that you could maybe share with individuals in regards to tapping into mindfulness when they're eating? What would mm. that look like? Actually, two, two come to mind. I'll, I'll try and be quick about them. But the first would be really setting the scene, turning off distractions, setting a table, really allowing yourself to be with the experience of food. And I said breathing. I also think that doing a little bit of breathing, including stimulating that vagus nerve that I mentioned, is really helpful. And the way that you need to do that, super simple. I have a video on um, my Instagram, but all you're doing is lengthening your out breath. So if you're inhaling for three, let's say, you're exhaling for six. So that purposeful, deep exhale is actually what helps to stimulate the vagus nerve, which says, I'm ready to digest food, right? Instead of getting into the fight or flight, we're getting into the rest and digest where the stomach has all the opportunity to break down everything that's coming its way. Beautiful. So we've got chewing your food, we have mindfulness and actually breathing. And then the third I would say is about our food, eating more whole food. So those vegetables, those fruits, we actually want to try and keep the skin on some of our veggies, like carrots, let's say, or potatoes. Those all have beautiful microbiome on their skin. And so we actually might support our microbiome with that. So making sure that mm -hmm. that's not overly sanitized. Of course, washing our food is healthy, but not you know scrubbing it or using any chemicals. And then we might also consider using probiotic rich foods. And that might mean a supplement or that actually might be, you know, choosing a yogurt that has probiotic in it or kefir water or um, any of those probiotic cultures um, that you see advertised on your foods, just make sure there's not a ton of sugar attached to them. What would you recommend in regards to probiotics and choosing a probiotic? Because I think, again, we go into a place like Whole Foods or the drugstore, wherever it is, and there's 15 different mm -hmm. brands and all of them say 50 million 
bacteria, blah, blah, blah. It's like impossible to know where to begin. So any recommendations on that front? Yeah, I I do have a few recommendations. It is overwhelming. I would keep in mind that more more, um, bacteria doesn't always mean that it's better. It might be 50 million, it might be 500 million. It's all very dependent on the strains. And right now we don't know a ton about which strains are best for everyone. So just keep that in mind. I do think that when we're talking about a probiotic, certainly considering your budget, quality is so important here. Um, Certain supplements may be less important um, or certain nutrients, but with probiotic, sometimes paying a little bit more, we actually do get a little bit more. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Yeah. As I mentioned, I love my Jameson vitamins probiotic. I've tried some different kinds, but I always come back to Jameson vitamins because of their commitment to providing the purest, safest, and most effective natural health solutions available. So I know that that's sort of their stamp of approval. So I feel great about taking those ones. And I find that they really work. They offer an amazing probiotic and you can order it online. And right now, when you use the code RAWBEAUTY, you'll get 20% off everything at jamesonvitamins.com. Plus, my favorite part is that Jameson is so committed to supporting women's health. And right now, every time you use the hashtag here for her health, 50 cents will be donated to the Canadian Women's Foundation. So stop what you're doing right now. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it with the tag here for her health to support women everywhere. 
then pop over to Jameson Vitamins. That's J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N vitamins.com and use the code rawbeauty for 20% off. As you know, I love to sort of peel back the curtain behind media and debunk any myths. Are there any myths that you're seeing about the gut mind connection and our gut health. Like for example, and I'm going to go there right now, is gas normal? Like if you have gas after eating, is that a sign that that food doesn't work well with your body or is this one of those myths? So I, I love that you actually brought up gas there, Erin. Very, very normal. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we absolutely should have gas. Uh, it's it's natural. We're breathing and it's going to happen, right? Of course, when it's interfering with your life, we might want to see, okay, is there something else going on? Is there an imbalance in our, in our gut? But certainly a certain amount of gas is normal. And um, I think that we need to destigmatize bloating because I think we associate mm-hmm. a flat stomach with the best gut health and it's not very accurate. Perhaps when we wake up in the morning is when we have that sort of most sense of, uh, of a flat stomach, if you will. But throughout the day, we're digesting food. We're putting things in our body and in our gut. It makes sense that there would be some shifts and changes in the way that that looks. And so I think that that's a really important thing because flat bellies do not equal healthy microbiome. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I'm seeing so many things on Pinterest and on Instagram about food combining or eat this to reduce bloat and bloating is bad and it's not normal. And so I think so many of us as women feel like when we're bloated, something must be wrong. We're Mm -hmm. clearly eating something wrong. We're wrong. We need to be doing something completely different with our diet. Are there any times when you would say that bloating is actually maybe a problem? Problem. Yeah. I would definitely say if, um, if there's pain associated with it, that's certainly something to consider if it's happening long-term. So if you notice that the bloating really isn't going away or it doesn't shift and, and certainly again, like if it comes with any discomfort or is more than, more than reasonable, you know, if we're really having trouble putting our pants back on and, and, and doing up the button mm-hmm. and it feels like you're kind of pushing in on, on your gut, you might want to talk to someone. I mean, I think this is the baseline of the episode is tuning into and trusting your gut a little bit. If you feel like something's wrong or something's not right in your body, always go in and talk to somebody, whether it's somebody like Kate, who's a holistic nutritionist or your doctor, I would say that the first place to not go would be Google because Mm -hmm. there's just such a plethora of information there from so many different sources. You can always head on over to Kate's Instagram page at Kate Horseman and uh, send her a little DM. We'll make sure that we link to her page in the show notes. Kate, anything else that you want to sort of highlight in regards to this brain gut health before we let you go for the day? Yeah. So I think the last thing that I would say is that whether you're struggling with your gut or you're struggling with your mental health, it's not only in your head, right? I think <laughs> traditionally we've always looked at any any conditions that have sort of related to our mind and our gut as, as something something that's wrong with us, right? And what I suppose, again, this conversation is about is that 
it's all intertwined. We're in this loop and, um, and your experience matters and is valid. And, and perhaps it originates in a place that you never expected. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for joining us. You're always such a wealth of knowledge and information. I find with any of these things, the more I understand about my body and what's going on inside, the easier it is for me to determine whether the steps that are being promoted or suggested are the right fit for me. So I hope that everybody who's listening right now has a little bit more information about themselves so that you can really step into and lean into your own well-being. And just a reminder, because I know I'm going to get so many messages about this, my go-to probiotic is always the Jameson's Women's Probiotic Complex, which helps with intestinal and digestive health. Their new advanced tube technology provides protection from moisture to guarantee potency and freshness so you know you'll get 7 billion active cells in each vegetarian capsule until expiry. It's also True ID certified for ingredient authenticity, which is a third-party validation to ensure probiotic species listed on the label are actually in the bottle. You can head to jamesonvitamins.com, use the code RAWBEAUTY to get 20% off everything on their site. And don't forget when you're sharing this episode to use the hashtag here for her health. They'll be donating 50 cents to the Canadian Women's Foundation. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I can't wait to see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.